welcome to the first episode of Decoding Strategies, Understanding Innovation podcast brought to you by Collab.io. This is Elton. And this is Sarvesh. And today we will talk about Nestle KitKat. Yeah, KitKat. Because everyone loves KitKat. If you ask me about it, I am totally obsessed about KitKat. Yes, they are absolutely delicious and moreover very satisfying. So today we will run a little forensics on the strategies that make KitKat so great and lovable. Definitely, let's get started then. Yes, KitKat is listed as one of the most influential chocolate candies of all times. And this was reported by the Huffington Post and Times Magazine. KitKat has been voted as the best chocolate ever by people on Ranker.com and this list is followed by Twix, Snickers, Toblerone and Cadbury. However, there is always a tough fight between Twix and KitKat. Considering KitKat is not available in all countries and all areas compared to the other chocolates in the list, you can always visit Ranker and vote for your favorite chocolate today. KitKat also ranks top in many individual markets, notably in Japan. KitKat is now number one by surpassing Meiji, which was a long-standing number one local brand. And Japanese are absolutely crazy about KitKat. Wishing good luck for exams? Give a KitKat. Girlfriends upset? Give a KitKat. A KitKat is what it takes. I guess then a KitKat is all it takes. Perfect. Um, now we have solid reason to believe that KitKat is performing very well. I mean, not that I needed a reason for it anyway. Anywho, let's decode what makes KitKat perform exceptionally well. Yes, let's talk strategy. There are two main strategies here. First is the KitKat's design and utility innovation. And the second one is co-creation, which is my favorite. Yeah, I know it's a favorite. So just to be clear, we will first talk about KitKat's design and utility innovation strategy. And then we'll explain the co-creation part of it. We'll also tell the audience how these both complement each other, right? So let me begin by mentioning that KitKat technically is a chocolate candy. I mean, the confectionery industry categorizes KitKat as a chocolate candy along with Mars, Snickers, Hershey's bars, Lind bars, Toblerone and Cadbury. Now the crafty deal here is that KitKat, although a candy bar, doesn't portray itself as such. What KitKat does is, it portrays itself as snacks. Interesting. Does this sound familiar to you? Yes. Have a break, have a KitKat. Exactly. I mean, think about the way it looks, the way it is composed and the way it's structured. Um, hold on, I have a KitKat here. Okay, usually I don't share my KitKat, but here you go. And I want to know what you think about it. Thank you for excusing us for a bit. Um, we were just finishing our KitKats. Okay, so if you compare KitKat's design and shape with that of Snickers or Cadbury or Dairy Milk, KitKat is quite unique. Two or four bars, and I mean these chocolate bars are easily breakable. And, and it almost seems like some kind of waffle, wafer or a cookie snack. It is just so easy to share and the taste is amazing and of course very satisfying. 
I think they've hit a sweet spot between the crunch of the wafer and the flavor of the chocolate melting right just into your mouth. I like the mouth feel too. Well, then I guess you're suddenly turning into a Charles Boyle here. Um I also think the design of KitKat is just the part A. Guys at Nestle have put good thought into the utility positioning of KitKat as well and that is to complement the design aspects that we just discussed. If you see in most stores across the globe, say Target, Carrefour, Walmart, 7-11, Big Bazaar or any other convenience store, KitKat is kept in the snacks section. So Nestle makes the utility position to the consumers very very clear and that is KitKat is snacks. I mean of course you could also find KitKats among other chocolates I mean on the shelves but still I hope you get my point. I think KitKat is not entirely a chocolate itself. Many of the flavors of KitKat do not even contain cocoa so they are not even technically chocolates. Whereas Lindt, Dairy Milk, Toblerone, they can't be anything else. Right. Plus you can't um plus you can't eat chocolates often. I mean it's not good for the teeth. They have high sugar content and they are high in calories so it's not good for your health. And I'm not saying KitKat is immaculate. I am not at all saying that KitKat is healthy or anything. But then when most people don't consider it to be chocolate, they don't exactly treat it as chocolate. Yes. If you're in for a treat, you eat a lint and if you want to buy some Raksha Bandhan presents, you buy Cadbury Silk or Cadbury Celebrations. I think the same too. See, um at my place on every Sunday, we all share chocolate as treat. Okay, generally a lint bar or a Toblerone. But the point is that on any other day, if I'm hungry and I think I deserve a good delicious snack, I just go down to my fridge and grab a KitKat. and i think that's the case with many 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 consumers around the globe i agree with that and chocolate is traditionally seen as a treat and i believe kitkat has become the official snack for short breaks take office breaks for example most companies even stock them in their break rooms what makes it the best snack it is the taste and it has a very satisfying taste and not just that it also has the sufficient sugars and the nutrition to get your energies up kitkat also has a variety of flavors you need variety with snacks no one likes the same old hackneyed flavor at least not for a long time and people definitely get bored of it exactly um and i guess nestle did pick that and if you ask me for flavors my god there are a gazillion of them Just in Japan they have over 350 flavors of KitKat. Do you want to listen to some of them? Yes, go ahead. Okay, let me just google interesting KitKat flavors. Okay, here you go. Okay, get this. They have Japanese hot chili KitKats, baked potato KitKats, red and sweet potato KitKats, wasabi KitKats. Matcha Kit Kat, soy sauce soup Kit Kat. My God, they have the red bean Kit Kat, even apple vinegar Kit Kat, toasted pudding Kit Kat. I think I'd like this. Energy drink Kit Kat. Okay, so this is more like uh, you have your original Kit Kat wafer with a coating of glucondi flavored chocolate. Okay, so that's the energy flavored Kit Kat, and I think it's it's very interesting. Then you have salt watermelon Kit Kats and. I guess that would be an absolute delight during these summers. 
and then you have wine kit cats i'm sure you'd like those uh then you have red velvet kit cats and uh it's a long list it's a very long list but but i'd like to talk about one flavor and that is the cough syrup flavored kit cats this is overwhelming i think it's totally crazy bro you asked for the flavors and i think this variety and ample options in flavor makes kit kat what it is that's the speciality that gets them the best snack status yes i absolutely think so and and this lights us onto the next strategy that nestle is cooking and that is co-creation now co-creation was officially coined in 2004 by late professor ck pralad professor pralad taught at the michigan ross school of business in the us and his idea of co-creation was very simple it's about a brand that reaches out to external parties it could be their their customers it could be their partners it could also be any other party of interest so they reach out to them get their votes get their voices or get their opinions about the process or about the product in play and involve these parties or involve their customers and partners in the innovation process so that is basically co-creation i see co-creation is textbook but with kitkat i have observed that they do it in a certain fashion okay and i have categorized them into three types customer co-creation co-creation with a talented crowd and stakeholder co-creation now stakeholder here could be a retail partner a distributor a supermarket or anybody involved in the chain from sourcing raw materials to getting that kitkat into your mouth okay um so we know that kitkat is co-creating flavors and experiences and i repeat kitkat is co-creating flavors and experiences but the question here is how are they doing that and what means are they using who's participating and are there any risks now in my experience and according to my research co-creation is generally executed as a campaign okay so when you play your co-creation strategies you do it in the form of a campaign yes and i have a little story here okay this story is about how the king of beers came into existence okay yes so this campaign was started by anheuser busch now anheuser busch has big brand names like budweiser and they recognized the growing appetite for craft beers and with respect to that the consumers expectations and demands keep changing and to meet these demands they organized a contest between the brewmasters so uh, you mean the guys who brew beer yes okay yes and they combined it with consumer tastings there were over 25000 participants and the participants are the consumers right and this led to the development of a new craft beer and it came out to be the golden amber lager black crown it's now known as the king of beers so is it still regarded as the king of beers yes all time definitely fascinating so listeners i guess here's a little tip for your next party also a co-creation campaign can be digital well that's the current trend now but sometimes it can be offline as well and that happens mostly when brands immerse themselves in the consumer uh, ecosystem yes and there is a nice case study about how kitkat brought ruby chocolate to japan now ruby chocolate is an exotic chocolate it has a unique taste and feel 
and KitKat saw a potential market for introducing ruby chocolates in Japan. And this was about a couple of years ago. But time was of the essence. Okay. Um, see, when you say time was of the essence, I'm assuming that there was a there was a fierce race among different parties, including KitKat, to bring to be the first one to bring this product into the markets. Am I right? Yes. Okay. It's about the first mover advantage. Makes sense. And KitKat had to do it quickly if it were to do it at all. Sure. And so, the quickest and the best way of understanding the consumer's expectations and demands is by asking the consumer itself. So, KitKat launched a digital co-creation campaign to hear consumer ideas and amplify their voices of excitement. In Japan? Yes. So, uh, so is the campaign still accessible? Yes, it's accessible at uh, rubychocolate.com. Okay, let me just check it up. Okay, we are in. Okay, so this this page looks very creative. I see that many many people are coming up here, pitching in their ideas. The ideas are regarding different textures of rupees that uh, the customers expect, different use cases of ruby chocolate, and the different ways it could taste. You know, some tweaks in the taste. And there are many other people who are coming up and pouring their votes for the kind of ideas they like. And I'm pretty sure KitKat does visit this website every now and then to collect this information and put it into their co-creation process. And I think it's brilliant. Yes, I think so too. And looking at the amount of participation on this website, it's amazing. And that's how KitKat aced a co-creation campaign online. And imagine the revenue. Crazy millions, no doubt. So I guess the advantages of a co-creation strategy is pretty evident here. And if you ask me for the same strategy in an offline setting, then I'd call it the immersion model. That's what we at Collab call it. I mean, it's not still formally categorized, but we at Collab call it the immersion model because this is a model wherein the brand immerses itself into the consumer ecosystem to co-create and to uh, execute their co-creation campaign. But before I begin here, um, tell me one thing, Sarvesh. Uh, tell me the best Japanese cuisine you know. Sushi? Exactly, sushi. And sushi is quite popular in Japan and people are crazy about sushi. And there are a lot and lot of varieties of sushi out there. But there is this special desert sushi, okay? okay. Or sweet sushi. So Nestle KitKat sends that craze and probably set up a team. A team of innovators and entrepreneurs ready for an excursion and the excursion is to go immerse themselves in the consumer ecosystem. And here are the four main important factors for that. So the first factor is to observe. You have to observe your consumer closely. You have to know the trends and the patterns of consumption. You have to know what your consumer likes and what your consumer dislikes and you record it. The second one is to interact. You could do it in an obvious manner or you could do it in a crafty manner. But the objective here is to experiment your hypothesis on the consumer and to validate your hypothesis. The third one is to draw inspiration. So after good observation, you can draw inspiration from trends or from already existing patterns or products. Uh, if you want an immediate example, the dessert sushi or the sweet sushi we are talking here is inspired from the original sushi, right? That's how the inspiration method works. And the fourth is to innovate. 
So finally, you have to bring all these chunks of information and ideas together, innovate, make the product and roll it out into the market. And that's what KitKat exactly did. Soon KitKat released the KitKat Sushi with three flavors, Maguro, Tamago and Uni. Now Maguro is the tuna flavor, Tamago is the egg flavor and Uni is the sea urchin flavor. Interesting. Now get this. Imagine you taking a KitKat Tamago, which has a gentle omelette-like taste, combine that with the sweetness of creamy pumpkin, Mm -hmm. fill it up with puffed rice and wrap it up in seaweed. Now that's your KitKat Sushi Desert or KitKat Desert Sushi. Okay, and this happened in 2017. Another obvious result of this is free advertising. KitKat leveraged this out-of-the-box invention to draw media attention. Now, every media outlet around the world covered this. Okay, the Japanese media, the Asian media, and even the Western media. I like how KitKat got massive advertisement coverage without even spending a single penny on it. Yes, that's free attention. That is free attention. By the way, um, would you try a KitKat sushi? Yes, for the first time. And what about after that? Mm, not very sure. But you're at least excited for the first time, right? Yep. I mean, I would too because um, I'm not generally a sushi fan, but I'd definitely try this one. Okay. So have you heard about these KitKat Chunky Bars or Chunkies? These Chunkies were dead by 2011 because nobody liked them. And KitKat wanted to revitalize this product using co-creation. Now what KitKat did was it hosted a massive co-creation campaign on social media from 2011 to 2015 and that too on Facebook. I think Facebook was a little more relevant back then and they did this campaign on Facebook and Blip AR. Now Blip AR is like a virtual polling booth and guess what 600,000 votes. Can you imagine the number of people active on Facebook participating in this campaign? People voted for multiple flavors and KitKat Chunky Mint, Coconut, Hazelnut, and Choco Fudge. These were the flavors that won the contest. And you cannot guess the outcome too. 11 million bars sold. Now that's a statement. And I think it's a direct outcome of this co-creation campaign. Okay, so you're telling me just before 2011, Chunky Bars were a dead business. And in 2013, they sold 11 million bars. Now this is interesting and needless to say, um, the customer engagement and the immediate effective advertisement, wow. I mean, of course, KitKat did distribute some hundred pounds to incentivize the campaign, but I think these massive participation numbers were mostly due to the love people have for KitKat. By the way, this was also featured in the MIT Sloan Management Review in 2014 as rejuvenating a brand through social media. And indeed, MIT features this as a case study. It is certainly mind-blowing because, to be honest, it did revitalize the chunky bars. Yes, and formally, this model is called crowdsourcing. It's simple. Ask the crowd, register their opinions, ideas, and votes, and get free advertising too. And that's like killing multiple birds with a single stone. Exactly. And more importantly, it's very cost effective and it's quick. And um, how long did it take for KitKat to execute this campaign? Eight weeks. 
you see just in 8 weeks they rolled out a new product a new product in 8 weeks that's like corporate innovation with god speed generally large corporations are very slow with innovation as they lack the agility and flexibility when compared to startups or small sized companies so so now we know if you want to pace up your innovation you have to adapt to some co-creation strategies what do you think yes i agree to that and there is another interesting case study of kitkat's co-creation efforts and this time it's co-creation with a talented crowd so let me introduce you to a co-creation platform called eka this platform is based out of paris and kitkat hosted their online co-creation campaign on this platform and the campaign was titled share the spirit of japanese creativity with unique local kitkat flavors now let me read straight from the campaign japan is known for its creative culture and its amazing ability to take anything foreign and adapt it to the japanese culture the end result is surprising and often even better than the original take kitkat for example the wafer biscuit bar you love coated in delicious chocolate the japanese have invented unique versions of it green tea kitkat wasabi kitkat or azuki bean kitkat all of these sound so delicious but too bad they are only available in japan so you are saying japan wants to make tourists engage with their local kitkat flavors and possibly purchase them is that so yes because hold on i have a article here by the japan times posted in the same year as this campaign and the article says that the number of foreign visitors in 2015 topped 26.17 million and this data is according to the japan national tourism organization okay go ahead and they also say that the tourist spending taken from january to september was 3.28 trillion yen and year on year the tourist spending increases by 10% in my opinion this is a very dynamic tourist market and it is golden for kitkat it's a great market to tap into right and i think that's exactly what kitkat is trying to do yes so let me continue about the campaign on eka sure so eka houses a very talented and a creative crowd so it's a great use of this platform right and talking about the contest numbers here 45 entries accepted and moreover there are hundreds of participants and as i can see here there are five winners for this contest okay so all these contributors are talented people yes. that is they are either consultants business developers or strategists right yes. and their objective is to help kitkat to bring foreign tourists to engage with local kitkat flavors and to buy them right yes so it's always wise to put talented minds in a contest to get the best out of them okay so the contributors on this website were in a competition yes to see whose idea would be selected by kitkat and what would they get in return if the ideas were selected a lot of money and that is 20000 euros 20000 euros is quite lucrative for me but i guess uh, in return kitkat acquires the ip yes from these people right yes okay i think this is this is definitely brilliant because kitkat is outsourcing ideas and strategies from these talented minds and the end result is that kitkat did implement a motion and a plan to um, to encourage foreign tourists 
to engage with uh, local flavors of KitKat and to even buy them. And I think this is definitely another success story with co-creation. Moving further, I would like to address another issue here, and that is regarding sustainability. In 2018, Greenpeace reported that Pepsi, Coca-Cola, and KitKat are the worst polluters as found while cleaning our oceans. Is it? Exactly. I mean, even I was surprised to know that KitKat is in the list. This was a big problem for KitKat, and after a lot of ass kicking. they pledged to make their packaging 100% sustainable by 2025 and get this this happened in 2018 and in 2019 the independent uk reported that kitkat has already come up with new recyclable paper wrappers and guess where they launched it first is it japan it's an obvious choice now right in japan and when they launched it in japan they made it an origami game so it goes like this you eat your kitkat and then you use that recyclable paper wrapper and folded into a favorite origami shape and the people loved it there yeah so i think it's like work break eat your kit kat and then pass the time folding the paper perfect japanese cultural appeal isn't it right i mean it is very much embedded in the japanese culture i also think there's a psychological aspect to it because it's proven that when people tend to fold papers into paper into origami shapes they either try to focus on work or they try to organize their thoughts if you have seen la casa de papel that's money heist we know that the professor is an amazing negotiator and when he's doing that he takes a piece of paper and folds it into an origami swan and in fact the question kitkat asked to arrive to this very idea was and i quote how can you embed local heritage and tradition in what you do and can use that as a springboard towards a more sustainable offering and by this they mean a more long term valuable offering to the customers also kaizen kaizen is the japanese word for continuous improvement and i have seen this a lot with kitkat yeah i have observed the same pattern too um and i guess they finally took something back from the japanese yes these instances are unending and that is because kitkat is constantly co-creating which is taking feedbacks and getting back to the innovation cycle and it's become their thing now best way to create value and experience for their customers yeah they are pretty clever and crafty with it i guess because it's basically democratizing innovation right it's innovation of the people by the people and for the people yes i agree with that And one more thing that interests me is the KitKat chocolatory, the one in Canada, started last year, I guess. Yep. Um. But actually, it's not a new concept entirely. They have their chocolateries in the UK and Japan too. But yeah, tell me what you know about it. So it's basically a chocolate factory where customers, as in people, walk and customize their KitKat the way they want it, like go totally nuts with it. I bet they involved their Japanese chocolatery while they came up with the KitKat sushi ideas to create and test the experience because I think chocolatery is a good hub where where KitKat can directly test their uh, test their products or products that are already in innovation process and even draw inspiration from customers and do a co-creation campaign right there every single time. That's live customer co-creation in person. brands don't do it this way as far as i know and that's why i think it's a rare instance and i think it's brilliant yes it's definitely brilliant and you know actually i'm eager to see when the news breaks out about a new 
customer inspired kitkat flavor from the chocolatier in canada yeah me too it's scary sometimes thinking what we indians would do with this amount of freedom with the masalas and who knows what not exactly um that's how kitkat functions kitkat is highly demographic with their co-creation plans and with their designs flavors and even their appeal everything changes when you go from one place to another place okay so they have an entire different division from one country to another or from one region to another so they have a different kitkat in the uk a different kitkat in the middle east kitkat australia and even an entire different division in south africa i see that's the magic there focused and segregated co-creation no one does that i mean companies usually don't do it this way as far as i know exactly and that's the magic for kitkat success high specificity now this high specificity allows high control over the campaign the risks involved generally in open innovation or co-creation campaign is something companies fear the most but with this amount of control that kitkat has they can easily manage assess and mitigate the risks yeah high control means low or limited risk exactly and i'm pretty sure kitkat knows how to calculate considering the fact that they have a lot of data regarding every factor every action and every consequence you know that happens during a campaign because they have been doing this for more than a decade now it's easy to calculate it's just about you know deciding a few factors using probability management and then making related predictions using structured expert judgments and they know how to control risk and i tell you if you can do it you win it's gospel yes i agree with that and nestle has seen a constant increase in their revenues and sales talking about the numbers in india a 7.9% increase in sales from 2019 to 2020 and to support that 122952.7 million rupees in 2019 to 132901.6 million rupees in 2020 and i also see a trend here and it's approximately a 10 million rupees increase each year from 2016 to 2020 and 2020 being year of the lockdown would have definitely been higher and that is because i think longer breaks means more kitkat exactly as you already did the longer breaks means more kitkats so all in all nestle has always been a winner when it comes to kitkat yes and the continuous leap in the revenue is the direct result of the extent of co-creation activities carried out by nestle i totally agree with this 100% and would you like to know the number of kitkats that nestle sold this year so there is this thing if you go to www.kitkat.com nestle projects a figure a dynamic figure that updates the total number of kitkats sold or they call it breaks taken this year so this year starting from jan 1st to may 3rd the number of kitkats sold are my god it's a 10 digit number so approximately it's 7.669 billion units so 7.669 billion units of kitkats have been sold this year from jan 1 until now and i think that that's a crazy number and yeah no kidding i mean i'm seeing snickers and cadbury pick the trend you know they are trying to pick the game at co-creation and that's pretty recent snickers tried an attempt in 2018 and cadbury is trying to do that since last year and i'm pretty excited to see where they take it definitely and i'm eager about spicy flavors i mean they have goddamn wasabi red potatoes and matcha 
now what's left is raw mangoes achari flavor what do you think i think that's indian appeal right see i see a predilection of people towards spicy flavors these days spicy icing on cakes and all that it's happening a lot today and you see this one and you see this one thing i feel that kitkat should come up with and that is turkish delight flavored kitkats i'm pretty sure it's going to be an absolute blockbuster in turkey and this reminds me of baklava i've been craving baklava for almost a month now so how about kitkat baklava you mean baklava flavored kitkats bro that would be the best day of my life So follow this podcast and never miss a single episode. You can send us queries and suggestions to collabsolutions at gmail.com or message us at instagram.com slash decodingstrategiespodcast. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you tune in to the next episode.